Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our show about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate. And today we're talking about one of the things that we love the most. The absolute most. I think every year it becomes, it like comes closer and closer to the thing I do love the most. But okay, before we get into this, pew, okay. pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> it's Little Fingers Core Core. <laughs> Our quirker is that we were friends in person. We had friendship weekend. <laughs> we did. And guys, we ate outside. We got we... to eat outside. We sat on a patio. Other people served us oysters and cocktails. Other people went through our purchases. It was weird. <laughs> a waiter did go through a bag of wine for kicks. He was curious about what we chose. Yeah. And then yeah. shared his opinions on each bottle so like just a whole lot lots of vibes we always tip well yeah <laughs> seems worth mentioning <laughs> since we're making fun of our waiter friend yeah um yeah we had donuts we had donuts we had creamies yeah we made ill-advised purchasing decisions about what to get your child we stayed up too late every single night yep yep Oh, most important of all, yeah, we had Sam Hewen's whiskey. Oh my god, we didn't even talk about this. We haven't. Even, we like didn't. We like completely <laughs> didn't even talk about this. I can't we, believe how much we've glossed over this. My review of Sam Hewen's whiskey is that it is as hot and tall as Sam Hewen. <laughs> oh, that's good. My review of Sam Hewen's whiskey is how fucking dare he. Oh. <laughs> My review of Sam Hewitt's whiskey is who gave him the goddamn right? <laughs> Truly who? <laughs> who, was, who was out there and was like, this very hot and tall man who plays one character yep. and wants to be James Bond when he grows up will also have the gift of licensing his own whiskey and it will be drinkable. It will be. It'll win awards. It will win awards. It's good shit. It's genuinely, like, objectively good. Like, actually good. I wanted to dislike it. We were fully prepared to dislike it. Yeah. Um, but now we're fully prepared to probably buy another bottle. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, as glad as I am that we are now going to be seeing each other every, like, six weeks or so again mm -hmm. on our usual schedule, mm -hmm. I will say that sharing the bottle across state lines is not going to be a sustainable long-term plan. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a release coming in, like, fucking August or something, so. <sighs> Motherfucker. I, I cannot even tell you how mad I am that I'm going to have a bottle of this shit in my house. I mean, like, I'm not thinking about it because Truly. I can't. How dare he? How dare he? I just can't I still, even believe it. I'm glad that we stand by our opinion that the bottle itself needs work. The bottle itself is actually even more offensive in person because I didn't realize that the tip was so, like... <laughs> it's so large. It's so large. It's so girthy. And... <laughs> Well, you know what they say about tall bottles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's very balanced and it's very smooth and it's like very drinkable and I think it would mix well in certain cocktails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, extremely smooth. Yep. Um, does not taste like rubbing alcohol. Nope. It's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So, remain offended by the bottle, remain offended by the name. Yes. Remain offended that Sam Hewen had the right to do that. But <laughs> that's the thing about it, isn't it? Is like, if people are out there and are like, hey, can you give me whiskey recommendations? I don't even know how to approach that one, because it's like, on the one hand, I think you should be drinking this whiskey. 
And on the other hand, I don't know how to tell you that the tall man from Outlander made a whiskey, but I'm telling you in seriousness to drink it. Yeah, see, like, at least aviation gin isn't called, like, Ryan Reynolds in the notebook gin. I'm sorry. (laughs) What? (laughs) Ryan Reynolds is fucking... Ryan Reynolds is not in the notebook. Whatever. I get them confused. (laughs) Hi, we host a media podcast. That wasn't even the part I was concerned about. Ryan Ryan Reynolds owns aviation gin. Really? Yeah. Wow. So he's not in the notebook, but he's in movies. <laughs> and he's not out here being like my La La Land gin. <laughs> Still the wrong guy. <laughs> Shit. What the fuck is Ryan Reynolds in? <laughs> I wish this was a bit. <laughs> you sound like me right now. <laughs> Whatever, you get the point. Is that I don't want to be out here saying, like, let me tell you how I watch Outlander, this time travel romance that's extremely graphically sexual. Like, that just tells you a lot about a person that I'm not willing to share when I'm just trying to share a whiskey recommendation, is what I'm saying. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing, is there's no way to be like have this whiskey without inviting questions. Correct. And like I have no shame in the game on my love for Outlander and you Sam don't. Hewen, as you all know. <laughs> You've all listened to this podcast, and if you haven't, you will. But does <laughs> <laughs> that mean? Because <laughs> well, presumably they're listening right now, even if it's for the first time. And so I'm... <laughs> if you out there are a Ryan... <laughs> Gosling or Reynolds, please tell us what movie you're in. Ryan Reynolds, if you're listening to this podcast. We're clearly not sponsored by Aviation Shit. Oh my god. (laughs) You spend like one weekend with Kirstie and you just become her. her juice box with a straw using it the way one would use a knife to cut through plastic (laughs) and as it so happens that is a generational quirk (laughs) in my family anything can be a tool if you need it to be (laughs) just ask the butter knives in my drawer yeah yeah um i did look at brian reynolds (laughs) Because I am aware that he is an actor. And I knew he did some superhero stuff. The thing I didn't know is that he was so prolific. He's done a lot of movies. He has. And I've never heard of a single one of them. He's in Just Friends. That's a movie I know that he's in. He was in The Croods? Like... What is that? Some animated shit. I don't know. He was in... Oh, there's Just Friends. He was in Pokemon... some Pokemon movie, Detective Pikachu. He was in Detective Pikachu. Listen, voice acting is where it's at right now. You sit on your ass in your home and you get paid a lot of money. <laughs> anyway, I had no idea. I've learned so much. I have like so much. This has been such a fucking journey. Well, this is a core course certainly no one asked for. <laughs> especially not our reviewer who left us one star. The one-star reviewer who complained that we had too many inside jokes and take too long to get to the topic of the episode just missed an incredible opportunity to really explore. Explore the battle space. He's not a player in that. He's not a player in the battle space. 
Okay, so speaking of players who are in the battle space, though, absolutely all up in the battle space. Let's let's talk about Eurovision. So the other important thing that happened this weekend during our incredible friendship weekend, which I would like to highlight briefly, that it was also our 13 year friend anniversary. It sure was. It was a big weekend. 13? Just, 13? Yeah. It's not 14. Is it 14? 2008? I don't know. No. It was it was spring 2008. No, it was, yes. No, you're right. I know. <sighs> no, your math adds up. See, I'm right sometimes. You're right. Um, but yeah, so incredible weekend. It was also the return of Eurovision. After yes. two fucking years, we were back. We were in Rotterdam. I mean, we weren't, but like... <laughs> Our hearts were. <laughs> Our hearts were. Our hearts and minds were in Rotterdam. Yep. And this year was an incredible opportunity because we finally have a streaming partner in the United States. Yeah. Peacock picked up the rights this year at like the last fucking second. They announced it on like Monday. Yeah. With the contest starting on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, the semifinals. So Peacock had the semifinals, which I believe is the first time the semifinals have been available in the United States. Mm-hmm. And then they had the grand final on Saturday. Um, it's the cool thing about it being on Peacock is that they have it on demand now. So you can go back and watch it after the fact. Really? All three performances. Yeah. That's which cool. I think is just like, wish I'd known that so when I was like trying to stream cool. it in my office. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You can go back. And rewatch it. So if you, like, didn't get a chance to watch on Saturday or you're listening to this episode and you're like, well, now I want to learn about Eurovision, you can get right on Peacock. It's available both on the free and the paid version. Wow, look at you go. And they secured the rights for 2022, so we don't even have to think about it next year. We already know Eurovision will be available on Peacock. Also worth noting, we're not sponsored by Peacock, but we could be. Peacock, if you're out there. We're open to it. <laughs> also, Peacock, I hear you need commentators. <laughs> Don't look at us. We're available. No, we're not. <laughs> okay, I'm available. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Where do we yeah. want to start? Do we want to talk about the semifinals? Do we want to... No, it was our I mean, first time watching the semifinals. Do we want to talk about our approach to it this year? Like, where, what do we want to do? We can talk about that. <laughs> I don't think we need to get into, like, the acts of the semifinals. I don't think they're as relevant mm-hmm. because we have plenty to talk about here. But it is, yeah, it was our first time watching the semifinals. We decided to break our, like, self-imposed embargo yeah we usually embargo all the acts before the grand finals so that it's like a complete surprise and it was it was fun for me because it's like more eurovision but i think ultimately it took away some of the like novelty and shock value for the final and i don't know that it was worth it for me Mm. see i feel like it took away a little bit of the shock value, but there were plenty of shocking acts in the semifinal as well. Yeah. So to your point about getting, like, more Eurovision, you also get exposure to twice as many acts, which gives you room for twice as much weirdness. Right. So that's, like, the... The trade-off. I kind of liked having a little extra time with all the acts, because I think something I've learned over the years of listening to our curated Eurovision favorites through the years playlist (laughs) is that there are some songs that hit a certain way on the day of the contest. Yeah. And then don't hit that way when you've been away from the playlist for a few months or a year or like whatever. Yeah. And I think it's like nice to spend a little bit of time with the acts before you go in on the night, because otherwise you're only going to get those like, three minutes in the middle of 26 other acts and it's like such a fucking whirlwind and you don't have any time for the acts to like permeate yeah like i liked having a little bit of time to like get to know the acts let it sit with me figure out how i actually felt with all of it before we actually got to the contest and then i felt like i had some like skin in the game yeah i mean it was nice to see some of the ones that i'd liked like for a second time 
but there were also a lot that I didn't like that I had to watch twice, and that was yes, not great. <laughs> I didn't need to watch Switzerland twice. No. Although, on the flip side of that, it does give you the heads up of where your bathroom breaks are and your drink breaks. Yep, true. You can true. plan accordingly for the actual day of the contest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what I'm going to do next year, but it was a useful experiment. I don't have regrets, really. I don't think I'll ever be someone who can keep up at the national level stage. Like, I follow people who do the national finals, and, like, there's no chance. I can't. But Kirstie's already, like, so in it, guys. She's got, like, seven podcasts that she I've listens so to, deep. and she's got news alerts or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I follow a lot of Eurovision Twitter now. Yeah, that's a that's a real choice you made for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, enjoy that happening to your algorithm. Mm, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I will definitely. I think like I'm still planning to wait until the semifinal itself and not listen to the songs ahead of that. Yeah, but yeah. I think I like this non-embargo method. Mm. Okay, so the theme was All Together? Was that it? Open Up. Open Up, whatever. All Together's been one. All Together was 2017, I think. Mm. It was our first Eurovision, I'm pretty sure. It was one of those, like, togetherness-themed ones, though. It was Open Up, and they were really proud of it because it was related to COVID, and it was related to inclusivity. And yeah. so it was like, look at what we did there. Look at us. They didn't have a commentator for the U.S. No. We were they promised also, one. They also really didn't have much for, like, interstitial commentary or acts. They usually, like, pad the show a little bit more, and they really didn't this year for whatever reason. Yeah, the least amount I think we've seen in a Eurovision yet. Mm. It also seemed like the stage was larger than it's been, but mm -hmm. underutilized in a big way. I agree way. with that. And the production didn't wow me the way it normally does. See, I've gone back and forth on this, and I I didn't have a chance to listen back to our old episodes on it, but I remember us being pretty underwhelmed by 2018 and 2019. Mm. And I feel like maybe it was just the quality of the acts, Um but I feel like this was, like, a fairly exciting year. Like, the staging wasn't universally great, but, like, I feel like there were more acts I was excited about once it was all said and done than I've been in past years. See, I got so soured going back to, to semifinals by the second day mm. of semifinals. The second day of semifinals was rough. The draw like, between so those two rough. was not fun. Yeah. So, I feel like I was, like, going in a little bit sour with a lot of us because of that. Yeah. and th But I felt like the ones that, the songs that slapped necess didn't necessarily, like, utilize the production. Yes, I and absolutely agree with that. Like, I demand a certain level from Eurovision every year, mm -hmm. and it's the level of the Yodelit people with their yes. windmill or whatever it was. And their confetti cannon. Yep. It's it's the Australian lady who danced on sticks. Yep. I don't even know what you call that. It's not dancing. It's like floating. Yes. Um, With her backup dancers who looked like Dementors. Yeah. Yeah. I want at least one Viking-themed yep. ship happening. Yep. Like, give me some props. We had no horse heads. No horse heads. No one was in a little house. There's nope. usually someone in a house. Nope. Like, I just feel like we were missing some, I don't know, some props. I, the only act I can think of that, like, really, I feel like took a meaningful risk on staging was Ireland in the first semifinal, and it didn't go well for them. It didn't go well. Everybody else, I feel like, was really putting a lot of emphasis on lights and pyro and, like, not as much on set pieces. It could be that, like, things were so uncertain. That's true. That That's they didn't true. There could have invest been some, like, in that type of thing, and they just right. were like costumes and <laughs> lights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That said, there were some that I that I think were like really impressive. Like I loved Russia's staging. I loved Iceland's staging. Russia didn't really do anything though. 
Yeah, but she had, like, cool elements. Like, there was, like, I don't know, symbolic art in the background, and that dress was, like, symbolic, and then they, like, turn around and look at the screen where there's, like, the mosaic of women in Russia singing the song. and That, like, didn't do like, it for me. Oh, I it thought it was not. so cool. <sighs> I have a lot of feelings about that song. I just have seen, like, one too many inspirational video mosaics in my life. <laughs> this one's different, though, because it made Putin mad. Oh. Gotta support that. It was, like, a direct assault okay. on Putin. So, like... We, we have to stand. Yeah, but we don't need to stand for cheap tricks <laughs> with video boards is uh-huh. all I'm saying. I'm over it. <laughs> um, should we talk about like our top yes. our top ranked scorecards and like t- go through that way? Yeah, sure. Okay. Go for it. All right, so we ranked all of these. We used the Mission Eurovision mm-hmm. ranking system, which asks you to score on boppability, gives me all the feels, outfits be snatched, and flawless performance. <laughs> and it's actually, like, usually pretty fun because you find out that things you liked aren't necessarily the things in your head that you liked. Yes. Um, we did decide next year we're going to add in production value yep. and... One other thing. Something, I had a I had this phrased better the other day and I didn't write it down, but, like, something that gets at, like, liking the song that's not boppability. Yeah. Because yeah. there are other reasons to like a song besides it being a bop. Right. So, but I think, like, boppability maybe deserves bonus points, but not, like, a dedicated mm. set of points. So, we need to remember to adapt this next year, but... Yeah, yeah. Based on these rankings, and my heart, um, <laughs> my number one pick was for sure Iceland. Iceland! Iceland was this, like, group of, like, millennial nerds, and it, they have this, like, video game music vibe, and they have this real cute little song, and they have a little dance, and they've got matching sweatshirts, and it just fucking slaps. <laughs> it slaps so goddamn hard. And that, um, the graphic that they do in the middle of the song that says you're so fascinating and mm-hmm. it's like glittery and there's unicorns and shit. Like, I love all of the pictures of that moment in the act that go around Twitter because it's just like so beautiful. It is. It's such a simple use of the screen and it's just like so much personality packed into it. And we were super robbed because we had to watch their performance from, like, a a rehearsal tape. Yes. Or something twice because of COVID. Yeah, they they tested positive. Well, one of them tested positive with COVID, like, midweek. So um, they had to use a live rehearsal. And I think, I mean, they came in, what, like, fourth? So they didn't do, like poorly it was a little worse than the odds expected i think they would have done better if they could have had a live performance because i they were very popular and like a total favorite going in so i think the audience reaction would have improved things for them yeah but that being said i love it and i'm still listening to that song i love it have you listened to their 2020 song yet no it's slightly better Okay, well, you'll have to send it to me. <laughs> well, it's on, They have, like, three songs on Spotify. It's on there. Oh, I was on YouTube because no. I was looking at their Eurovision <laughs> covers. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's called Think About It. Mm. But it's an absolute fucking banger. So one thing we should also talk about, re-Iceland, is the Aya Ding Dong of it all. I've gone back and watched this video like seven times. This is the only thing I cared about. And I'm so glad it happened. Their spokesperson came on to deliver their 12 points. And it was the Yaya Ding Dong guy. Yep. And he tells the the hosts that he wants to give his, or that he wants to hear Yaya Ding Dong. And the host is like, 
ha 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 we're short on time who do you give your 12 points to and he goes okay our 12 points go to yaya ding dong (laughs) (laughs) they were so mad they were so fucking mad you know what i learned i learned this week that the spokespeople who give the points have to do like a rehearsal of calling in to give their points which means that either the that guy did a rehearsal and didn't reveal the bit because the hosts were having a real-time reaction yeah they were they used a stand-in oh my god so i have conspiracy theories about this yeah wow you're blowing my mind (laughs) i know isn't it so incredible to think about? Yes. I'm yeah. like sad for all the people out there who really love Yaya Ding Dong and don't know about Eurovision and who missed this opportunity. <laughs> I know. I know. It was extremely well played. It was so funny. Also, speaking of Yaya Ding Dong, the band from Finland had yeah. signs in the green room that said, play Yaya Ding Dong. So every time they were like the green room camera was on them they would like hold up their little signs mm-hmm. that say play yeah yeah ding dong which was also very funny yeah um who was your number one was it also iceland yes yeah nice so my my top five according to the scorecard which was like a little different than according to my heart was iceland russia malta germany and lithuania I question. Uh, I threw in six because I really liked Lithuania. So that's actually my top six. Mm-hmm. I question Germany getting scored that high on my scorecard. Germany was two for me. I mean, I'm still going back and forth on this performance because it was like so unpopular with the public. Yeah. But it, it kind of slapped, man. It did slap. Like it hit with me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Politically, I don't know. Like, yeah, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know. Well, I'm not going to attempt part of it. to understand. I made some like real judgments about what I was going to think about the song based on what I saw of the staging and what the song's name was. Yeah. But if you read the lyrics, it's not actually a political song. No, it's not. It's like, he's having like a petty feeling. Right. About someone he's had some kind of falling out with. Right. So, I don't know if maybe that, like, played against them. Like, people didn't really understand what the song was about. Or, like, if it was just too kitsch and people weren't feeling it. Yeah. It did feel out of place thematically <laughs> with some of the other songs. But That's I don't know. Fair. I did also have Malta ranked third. And in my heart, that is, like, my tied for a first song because that song yes is incredible that song is so good she was someone who i think was absolutely not served well by staging yeah i think they relied too heavily on graphics to sort of yeah. do the work for them um but she's she's an artist who like i haven't looked her up on spotify yet but i will like i'm interested in hearing her music outside of eurovision but yeah malta was really great that's a like must listen. Yes. And it was like one of the most fun songs. It was fun. Talk about had- boppability. Yeah, that was a 10. That was a straight 10. Um, my other top ones were Russia, but I really like, I'm not going to go back to that song. See, I do because it, it has the same effect on me as Toy from 2018, where it just kind of makes me want to fight. Mm, Gets I me like riled up, you know? More. You liked what? I like Toy a lot more. Mm. I think they're different, but they, they both just, like, kind of rev me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's one I, I'll probably skip. But It might be the political dissident of it all. I don't know. It could be. <laughs> like, the, it worked for the performance, and that was why yes. I ranked it so high, but I don't, yes. it's not, like, on the playlist one that I will go back to. Yeah, which I think there's fair. a distinction there. I can see that. I think that's true for so many of Eurovision so songs. So many. Um, my fifth one was Norway, <laughs> the boy band yes. Party of One. <laughs> he I just s- went for it. I scored him as 15. Mm. But I love that. I love I love that performance. You know why I loved it, though? Hmm. Because when we were watching the first semifinals, 
and he did this song. This was the moment I chose to send a screenshot on Snapchat to because it's so fucking Eurovision. He's got wings, like big angel wings, mm-hmm. and chains. And then he's got these demon angels all around him who are holding the chains. And he's got these big glasses, and I don't know what else is. He's got like a a coat of some sort, mm-hmm. and his song That's is his, about like, being brand... a, a fallen angel. <laughs> That's his brand identity, by the way. Oh my god! His yes. like full time performer costume is a giant fur coat and the headband and the big glasses. Oh my god! I read I this whole more. bio of him today, and he's like exactly the person you would think that he is. Like his career has gone the exact way you would think it has. He's exactly as smarmy and problematic as you think he is. Oh, yeah. And he just fucking showed up. <laughs> I love it more that, that the song. only thing he did was put wings and chains on to yes. his regular costume. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just, just incredible. Also, the other fun thing that happened is, so that song was Fallen Angel. And he's, as Kelsey said, the angel. And he's got all these demons. Yeah. The song that came before it was El Diablo. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Which was some some somebody out there like feeling clever. Oh yeah. And I just really appreciate that that came together for us because it was really funny to watch. Mm-hmm. I actually liked El Diablo a lot more later than I thought I did. I see. This was one of those acts that like I appreciated seeing in the semifinal and then coming back to it in the final yeah um because i like i love that song i've listened to it like a million times <laughs> since, since the semi-final mostly because it's stuck in my head like all the time yeah but it's just kind of a bop like it's great it is it is it's the same effect that fuego had on me yes. where i was like i don't know if i like this in the moment and then like it's one of my favorite eurovision songs yeah you have like a little time to sit with it it, mm-hmm. it like worms into your brain and you're like this holds up it does. Yeah. Should we talk about the UK? <laughs> Our poor precious baby in the UK. The UK, like, for once submitted something that, like, was okay. I scored them... I scored them number 12. They came in 12 on my list. Mm. I think I, I scored them, like, 8. 12 feels high. I think I was being too generous on bop ability. Yeah, I was too. But I think I was, I was like compensating because they've been so bad for so long. That's how I felt about it. I was listening to it and I was like, this is fine. This is a fine act. Yeah. But then you remember Brexit <laughs> and you're like, oh, JK. <laughs> JK. Yeah, it was... The more I've thought about it, the more I really feel like there were a lot of elements about it that were really not well thought out. No. His costume was really questionable. Mm-hmm. The, the staging was extremely out of place. But when, you, when it comes down to it, as it was written yeah. in the holy text of Eurovision Fire Saga... Yes. UK gets zero points because yeah. no one likes the UK. No one likes the UK. It's just yikes. Mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting, though, that so many other countries, I think, what was it, like four countries got zero points from the televote? Is that normal? It felt high to me. I'd have to go back and double check. I know mm. there a ton of data has come out on Twitter, like analyzing voting patterns in past Eurovisions. Mm. So I know this information is actually available. But it, it felt high to me. Do we ever know, like, how many people actually vote? I don't know that. I know that the the weighted jury vote televote scheme is new. Um, hmm. Like, that's, that's only been around since we've been watching. Yeah. And in the time since they started weighting it, they've made some tweaks to it. So even in the time that it's been around, like, it's changed a little bit year to year. Yeah. I'm just curious, like, how small the pool is and how, like, much impact every vote then has. Like, I have to imagine in American Idol season 300 or whatever they're on, like, (laughs) they're getting a smaller pool than they were getting 
Well, I'm sure when they in say... In 2002. It, like, they, they weight the televote so that it's an equivalent scale of votes to the number of points that the jury gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's not like the UK got zero votes. No, I know that. It, no, it, I mean, I'm, like, emphasizing it for the point of discourse. You yeah, know, yeah, like... Um, how many people voted in Eurovision 2021? I bet you they don't tell you. I see voting results. I see jury points. I don't want the fucking jury points. This is my personal Eurovision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't say. I think, it, like, there's no way to share that without sharing some information about your audience that you're not prepared to share with the Correct. public. Correct. And it also is a good tool for them to um, rig yep. the results, right? Yep. 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 Not so. have to give away their internal systems or whatever. I mean, who hasn't run a poll where they've changed the final result to be what they wanted it to be? <laughs> not me. Certainly not Kelsey over here fueling conspiracy theories. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. I see where that's problematic. Mostly that there have already been two different countries that have... I mean, I'm not even talking big picture. I'm just talking Eurovision conspiracies. But... Um, there have already been two countries that have been investigating issues with their televotes. So, oh boy, yeah, the EBU has already come out and said none of the results will change at this point because the results were validated on the night. But mm-hmm. there, I mean, there's always the days afterwards issues right. with the votes. So, right. Anyway, God. yeah. Should we talk about France and Italy because that was like in Switzerland? Let's talk about those three because Let's those are contentious, and those were ended up being some of the top. That was the top three at the yeah, end of that it. that was the top three. Um, so, as it sat with me, I don't agree with it necessarily, but I can see how Italy won, because that song did rock. I just don't want to be in a musical s- scene of 2004. Like, yeah. No, yes. thank you. Yes, I think that's fair. I think from an objective standpoint, I am, like, okay with it, because I don't mind there being some, like, musical diversity in the battle space. Like, I think if you have a rock song winning Eurovision, it helps to reinforce that, like, innovation is welcome. Okay, but two two qualms. (laughs) Yeah. Two quibbles. One, the rock acts generally suck and I don't really want more of them but I think like this is also kind of saying like maybe the rock acts don't have to suck maybe we can do good rock I didn't think this was good rock yeah I mean I think it's like a solid rock song I just I'm not interested in that vocal offering that they were giving me is really my issue the musical element was fine but I don't need like screamo boys <laughs> i really don't that's fair france i was not into sweet uh switzerland i absolutely am still rioting over no like i i cannot figure out what i am doing wrong as like a consumer of music that apparently the rest of all of europe understood when they listened to switzerland Switzerland and France both gave me vibes of Portugal from, like, the first year yes. we watched it that yeah. traumatized me. 2017. Although that song has actually I've almost come around on it, and I'm really upset about it. No! I know. Only because it works good in the montage in Eurovision. That's all I'm gonna say. No! I still don't like it, and I don't like him. He gives me, like, real bad vibes. Is that the same song? I don't think that's the same song. I think he's singing yeah? it. It's the same guy, no. but I'm... Same mm. song. Same song, I promise you. I promise you. I know I've said things confidently that were total lies before, but I promise you. I know this in a way that I don't know which Ryan is in what movie. Oh my god. You know, some neurons die and some neurons stay forever. Yeah, you're right. 
France was someone who, like, when I described it to you, the only thing I could relate it to was the cabaret performance in Schitt's yes. Creek. And I think I stand by that because you it was just... You said that and, like, a light bulb went off in my brain. It was just that level of community theater. Yeah. And, like, really wanting to do something... The camera angles are, like, trying to explain to you that something profound is happening in the song. And France is also always, like, pretty pretentious with their acts. Yes. But having a song called Voila, where all she does is say voila, 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 was, like, what a choice. (laughs) Could not be more France. Didn't do it for me. No. No. And Switzerland was a little falsetto boy. Who stood up on his little white platform with his little white lights to give the stage some depth. So yeah. it's this very dramatic contrast. Was he wearing, wearing a turtleneck? I just want to know. I have no idea. <laughs> we weren't on turtleneck alert somehow, but I feel well, like Because it would be impossible for me to have any opinions about this man. He was the most bland nothing. So it and one thing one thing that was a little difficult about watching the semifinals is that this year was like all about the sad boys club. Yeah. There were so yeah. many sad boy ballads. And maybe there always are, but I just really like we we went an entire year without a contest. Yeah. Like this is our first Eurovision in two years. I don't want solo sad boys standing on the stage singing sadly at me. If you're not shooting off at least one firework or pyrotechnic, like, I'm not interested. Yeah. Why are you even there? If you're not there to have fun, don't come to Eurovision. (laughs) Don't come to Eurovision. And that was the jury majority vote. I I know. Why? I know. I... Don't get it either. I was not thrilled. Mm-mm. And the whole time they were doing the jury vote, France was leading and Switzerland was like right behind. Like they were so close. And even though I knew the televote would change it, I was just like outraged. I like couldn't even yeah. handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, for them to finish that high when there were better acts, like objectively better acts on the on the leaderboard like it was so frustrating to me it was also like i'm not gonna this is probably not a place that i need to say anything but (laughs) it was not a diverse top three i'm just gonna say no no and there's been a really interesting conversation happening on twitter um as people have been analyzing data on voting patterns because on one hand, this was one of the more diverse years of Eurovision. Yeah. Like, it was, yeah. like, the most um, black artists yep. that have performed in a Eurovision. And, like, none of them made it onto the left side of the board. Mm-hmm. And, like, across the board, all of them scored lower than their odds. And, like, they all scored significantly lower in the televote. Yep. And, like... Say what you will about each individual act, but as a whole, analyzing data, that's a problem, y'all. Yeah. That, um, I think, gives us a chance to examine some weaknesses (laughs) (laughs) in us as human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Although my top, I don't know if my top group was that diverse either. It was a little bit more. (laughs) A little. I'll take a little. Better than Eurovision. We did better than the voting public. (laughs) Um, Anything else we need to talk about re-Eurovision? No. All right. Any other Ryans we should know about? (laughs) Any other important Ryans? No. Um, No. No, never. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you should definitely go on Peacock. And check out Eurovision if you didn't watch it. And if you're not aware that your Xfinity subscription gets you Peacock for free, you just should investigate that. You should know that now. Because I think there's a lot of people just sitting on their Peacock free account. 
Um, but you know what else is free, Kirstie? What else? Uh, the Everwood Pinecast. The Everwood Pinecast! Everwood's own independent podcast! Yeah! Where we bring you the most up-to-date breaking news from a 20-year-old <laughs> television show that we <laughs> both love. <laughs> Oh my god. Yes, so we dropped our other podcasts. Um, You will be shocked to learn that you were correct about the Eurovision Portugal song. Shocked. I love to be right. Shocked. Um, Yes, so we've launched our other podcast, which has been years in development. It's the Everwood Pinecast. You might have heard the first episode of it in our feed, but if you search for the Everwood Pinecast in any of your various podcast places, you will find the feed where we continue to drop weekly episodes. And um, the Everwood Pinecast is rated higher than the show you're listening to right now, just to, you know, give you a benchmark. And I specifically want to thank the person who has followed us from hate watch to everwood pinecast and left us a delightful review so hopefully you're listening to this episode and you got it this far because yes (laughs) we loved it thank you so much thank you for listening to us twice in one week because it's like some dedication yeah and that shout out is to nick nick 2015 yes thank you for for all you do thank you so much um, this is probably a good time to share, too, that I think we're going on a summer schedule. Yeah. Our Hotback Summer Publishing Schedule, which is that we're going bi-weekly. If you subscribe to the definition of bi-weekly as every other week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Everwood Pinecast will continue to drop weekly until those until season one episodes run out. Yeah. But Hate Watch With Us is going to go every other week for Hot Back Summer. Yeah. And, like, bear with us because we might flex that a little bit, but... (laughs) We've always had a loose interpretation of weekly anyway, so... Well, now that um, Apple Podcasts tells you, based on data, how frequently you publish, they're already saying we're bi-weekly, so... Whatever. That's fucking shady. I know. You are so. <laughs> you get a little loosey goosey for two years, and then suddenly the algorithm's like, "Oh, you're a bi-weekly podcast." Like, fuck you, Apple Podcasts. Don't so tell me how to live. Things out. We have been. We've been doing the work. Yeah, and so now we're going to do the work of socializing, which frankly is harder than editing. It is harder. I know. We had plans last weekend, and I have plans this weekend, and then I have plans next month, and I'm like, who has the time? Who has the time? (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) So we hope that you're all enjoying your hot back summers and able to not be listening to as many podcasts. Yeah. And we'll enjoy our hot back summer and make slightly fewer podcasts because then when we come back to the core core in the fall, we're going to be making this podcast and we're going to be making more Everwood Pinecast and it's going to be like all podcasts all the time. Yeah. We're going to try and make season two of Everwood this summer. Yeah. We're going to try it real hard. Yeah. Like good, good podcast girls. Yeah. Good podcast <laughs> girls. <laughs> um, if you think we're doing a good job please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And please just, like, do it even if you don't think we're doing a good job because this person who left us a one-star review is going to haunt me. Yeah, they really kind of harshed the vibe a little, and we could just use, like, a vibe check, I think. Yeah. We're up to 3.8 out of 5, and I think we were at 3.7 out of 5, so thank you to someone. Are we still at 25 reviews? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's nothing. Unclear. Oh, it was just Kirsty like, <laughs> giving us a reading. <laughs> that was me suddenly remembering that even though we've had this podcast for five years, I've never ranked it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I ranked our podcast. Big day. I ranked our podcast. You can, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you would like to contact us to tell us privately why you don't like our content... That you can do. (laughs) You can even tell us if you don't, if you have notes, don't tell us you don't like our content, but if you have notes, you can leave a five-star review with notes. 
Notes are welcome. One star reviews don't get notes. No. But you can also contact us um, on Twitter at HateWatchWithUs, on the internet at Everwood Pinecast. <laughs> nope, wrong website. <laughs> you can... Fuck me. You can, you can find us at internets at the completely wrong <laughs> www.google.com Okay, we are at everwoodpinecast.com, but that's not here or there. Oh god, something's about to happen. (laughs) What? Whoa. What? Well, my... I have an old track in here (laughs) that started at 56 minutes. (laughs) came from but i'm recording over it now so okay we're good wow okay good luck finding that in your edit um we'll just x out of it before you export and then it'll just be a single track no it's like the same i'll send you a snap anyway you can find us on the internet at hatewatchwithus.com or you can send us an email to hatewatchwithus at gmail.com and i think my job is done here now because okay that yeah. seems like things. Um, we are also members of the Thought Bubble Audio Network, which has other shows like the Everwood Pinecast. <laughs> and you can find them over at <laughs> thoughtbubbleaudio.com, <laughs> at gmail.com, <laughs> at thoughtbubblefm on Twitter. <laughs> and you can search them on Patreon. <laughs> Yeah, subscribe to Patreon to support those good, good folks at the Everwood Pinecast. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> wow. Um. Okay, I will leave you with this nugget. This is like a bonus surprise for anyone who got this far. Oh boy. That the Thought Bubble Audio Slack channel has decided our holiday film yes for hate watch holiday 2021 we're not going to tell you what it is but just know may 27th it has been decided yes yeah and it's a it's a big one folks it's a big one it's a big one all right well until then (laughs) we'll see you next time bye bye